Good morning, Fitzroy. Welcome to the service. From the Marshall family. Good morning, Good morning. Fitzroy. Fitzroy. From the Fitzkits. <laughs> okay, dictate. Good, Good morning, morning Fitzroy. From the Fitzkits. <laughs> From the Fitzroy. Good morning, Good morning Fitzroy, Fitzroy from Ross, Ross and Sandra, Sandra Eagles. Hello, my name is Robin Seifert. I live in Dhaka, Bangladesh. I've visited your congregation twice with the Hall family. And I just wanted to thank you for um, being able to worship with you and your services online. It's been a real blessing to me. Thank you. Good morning, Fitzroy. It is good to be back fully. Good to be back to health and strength. And I am back to health and strength. As I did last week, I would like to thank those who stood in over the couple of weeks that I was not here. Um, to the moderator last week, to Paul and the young people the week before. I'd also like to thank Fitzroy uh, and many others for the kindness that you've shown me over this time, um, from cards to flowers to soup to cookies, to boxties, so much love has um, been thrown at us in the months and we are so thankful for that, especially for your prayers during that time in hospital. It was a little bit weird because you were in yourself, you weren't seeing your family from the moment you get in to the moment you get out, there were no visitors and you were aware that COVID-19 was um, there or thereabouts and you were very thankful to the NHS and we'll come to that during the sermon a little bit later on but thank you for that and if you're listening across the world we thank you for listening in and we do want to assure you that as the world begins to peer out and it is just beginning to peer out that we have no intentions of leaving you behind whether you're in British Columbia or Michigan or Greece or Australia or all the other places that you listen we will be trying to work through how we keep this virtual presence in Fitzroy um, for you and for many others. So thank you for continuing to remain with us during this um, uh, pandemic. As we're looking out, um, you may have, if you're a Fitzroy person, you may have uh, received an email already, or you may receive it in the next day or two that will be saying that session met last week and we have uh, no intentions of being back as a gathering in church until the early autumn. There are so many complications to going back into the building, um, so much work that will need done, health and safety that needs to be checked and ticked. And so we will be remaining online for July and August, and then we will look at what we might achieve in early autumn, depending on whether there's a second spike, whether the physical distance has changed or gone, and um, what the complications might be at that point. Can we also say, uh, and I say it gently, that when there's no uh, plate passed around in the service, we have probably lost 10 grand in this lockdown on offerings on the plate. And if you would like to give to the work of Fitzroy what we've been doing uh, virtually and what we've been doing in the neighbourhood and across the world over this last period of time, then uh, if you go on the website, there's ways there that you can contribute rather than that plate that is not going to be passed again today. So welcome to worship. Um, it is good to have you uh, with us. And uh, Dave Thompson will be leading us in our worship. And we want to just take a moment to be still. We feel that we're still at different crossroads as we go. And so for a moment before the first worship song, let's just be still.
Lord, you remind us in the Psalms that when everything around us is uncertain, that we need to be still and know that you are God, the same yesterday, today and forever. And that in being still and knowing that might give us more clues to who we are as individuals, as a community of Fitzroy and as a body of believers across the world. So we pray that as we sing, as we pray, as we read your word, as we meditate upon it, that we will know you and that that will help us at this crossroads to know where to go next. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
The reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 10, verses 40 to 42. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. Anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of the little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. I waited patiently for the Lord He inclined and heard my cry He lifted me out of the pit I from the miry clay And I will sing Sing a new song I will sing Sing a new song How long To sing this I long to sing this song, sing this song. He set my feet upon the rock, made my footsteps firm. Many will see. Many will see and hear I will sing Sing a new song I will sing Sing a new song How long To sing this song How long To sing this song For the Lord, he inclined and heard my cry. He lifted me out from the pit, out of the miry clay. And I will sing, sing a new song. I will sing, sing a new song. Sing, sing a new song. Sing, 
30 years ago, I was a young assistant minister in First Antrim Congregation under John Dixon. John was a great boss. He gave me an incredible amount of freedom. And when it came to the end of my assistantship, the session very kindly voted unanimously uh, to keep me on as an assistant for an extra few years. I was in no way ready to ruin a congregation at that point. And uh, we were doing some stuff in Antrim and John and I worked together so well that they invited me to stay for two years. There was no such thing as an associate then. So I just stayed on as assistant. And in those extra two years, I suppose John got a little bit bolder with what he would uh, ask me to do. And uh, after one Tuesday morning meeting, um, he suggested that I went into a street in the middle of Antrim where we had a, a, a quite a number of our congregation lived. Uh, but to be very honest, very few on that street ever appeared in church. And John's idea would be that I would go in, that I would visit every home, and that I would try to create the possibility of an evangelistic Bible study on that street. I was pretty petrified. Um, those in Fitzroy who know me, if you give me uh, 500 people, I'm pretty at ease. But if you give me a small group, I'm not so much at ease. So uh, I went with a little bit of intrepidation, but a little bit of excitement as well. And also, how on earth were we going to create uh, in this street that didn't much go to church the possibility of a Bible study? So anyway, I did my visits. And in one particular home, and there, was, there was a few of the visits that, that um, caused some questions. I think um, in those days, and maybe even in congregations still around the country uh, in Ireland, there, there are many who don't go to church, but they pontificate about what should happen in church. And so I got involved in one or two debates about who should be baptized and who shouldn't be baptized and all kinds of other stuff. And in one particular home, that discussion got really quite interesting. And at the end of it, I went for Brooke and I said, this is an interesting discussion and debate. What would you be interested in me maybe um, coming along, inviting the neighbours who belong to First Antrim here in the street to come and, and do a Bible study together? And believe it or not, they said yes. And so a couple of weeks later, there I was back on this street with this house reasonably full of people, maybe 15 to 20 people from the street. And I had to come with some sort of Bible study scenario to them. I think it went all right. Um, but at the end of it, as we were having our uh, coffee and tea and um, Club Orange biscuits, I noticed a teenage girl um, in the corner who I thought must have been absolutely bored, senseless. Uh, uh, but it was her house, and I guess I thought she might have to go. So I was involved in a lot of our youth work at the time, probably more comfortable dealing with that age group. And I sat down beside this girl and I said, um, are you a little bored with that? And was amazed when she said to me, I have been waiting for you to come. And within weeks, uh, Anne Little was in our church choir, involved in our youth work and eventually worked for the youth board of the Presbyterian Church in Ireland. It was an amazing moment because she was the last one in the room that I thought might be getting what we were doing. But she was the one in the room who was ready for me coming even before I knocked the door of her house. It reminded me of the reading that Elmer read earlier. When I read that reading, I was back in that home 
I was back in that evening and I was shocked again at Anne's response. If people welcome me, you, they welcome me. And that night, that house welcomed me, but Anne welcomed me and Jesus far more deeply in her soul. And of course, that was okay. But in this period of coronavirus lockdown, I've been looking for the text in the scripture to meet the context that we're in. And much as that story helped me with the lectionary text that Elmer read, it didn't give me a bounce off for what I might share with you in the situation that we're in at the end of June 2020. That came a day or two later in our Four Corners meeting on Friday when Jim Deeds was asked to open in prayer. But Jim, he's got a wonderful way of praying. And he took us into a scripture in Jeremiah chapter 6. Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16 says, This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths and where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. Stand at the crossroads. As soon as Jim said that on Friday, I felt that that was a text that really spoke to where we are. Because over this last week, uh, maybe the last two weeks since the government has said that churches could open on the 29th of June, many of us as ministers have been standing at crossroads. We've been asking questions to one another. When can we open? Is it possible to open? And most have been saying, no, it's not possible to open. And some have been saying that they're under pressure to open. We've felt very much at a crossroads. And I think society's at a crossroads as we change two metres to one metre in physical distancing, as we find ourselves able to invite friends into our back gardens. We've been having many little parties uh, with the young people in the months. And uh, Janice and I are aware as we walk the dog in the evenings that for the first two or three months of lockdown, it was so silent on Maryville at half past 11 or 12 o'clock. But now there's little noises coming from back gardens all along the street as we're at a crossroads beginning to open up, inviting people into our homes. And what will happen when uh, the hospitality industry starts and people start to head for the coast or now maybe for Europe? It's a crossroads. And there are many questions at the crossroads, the uncertainty of the crossroads. And so when Jim talked about Jeremiah 6 and verse 16, and, and God is saying to us to find the path, to look at the ancient paths, to look at the teaching of the scripture, the covenant we have with God, who God is, and then uh, to find the path that will bring rest to our souls or the path that will bring as much life and all its fullness as we can have at this moment, I started to think, but well, we can't know that path. Because the problem with opening churches is that we don't know from one week to another what the rules are, what the dangers are, etc., etc. So how can we know the path? And I started to think that maybe at this point in the crossroads, as we seem to be being uh, driven down a road, it's not so much knowing where the road is going over the summer into autumn, 
as much as knowing the vehicle that we're traveling in as we traverse whatever the road ahead is like, wherever the bends or the bumps are or the difficulties that come along. The vehicle that we are in as we journey is really going to be important. And that took me back to the lectionary reading. If we look at the context of the couple of verses that Elmer read, this is Jesus' most major teaching since the Sermon on the Mount. He's sending his disciples out to be missioners. He's sending them, and the, the chapter starts with, you're going to, um, you're going to, take out you're going to drive out demons you're going to heal the sick Uh, there's going to be spectacular events happen as i send you out into the world and by the time we get to verse 40 that elmer read it's almost like here's the less least significant things you're going to be welcomed and if you're welcomed then jesus is welcomed god is welcomed and it reminded me a little bit about Romans chapter 12, where Paul lays out all the gifts for the body of Christ. And he starts with prophesying, with teaching, with leadership, with service. And then he gets to the last one, hospitality. And if you read it wrong, you could think, well, there's some of us can do the prophesying and there's some of us can lead and there's some of us can teach. And then the rest of us are left with hospitality. Now, the one thing we've learned in lockdown makes a significant or throws a significant light onto Matthew 10 and Romans 12. Because what we've learned in lockdown is that those who seem least significant have become the most vital. The first couple of weeks, there was no recycling bins emptied. In BT9, darling, well, we suddenly discovered that the lawyers could stay in their houses and the accountants could work from home. But my goodness, we really needed the bin man. Things had been turned around. The seemingly most insignificant that got paid the least became the most socially vitally important. Or as we have discovered, as we've supported the NHS. Oh, yes, we have clapped for doctors and for surgeons and for nurses, and so we should. And here I am, and I am the one just a couple of weeks ago that experienced the wonder of how the NHS is working, even in the midst of COVID-19. Oh, yeah, clap the surgeons, clap the doctors and the nurses, I want to because of what they've done for me. But I realised being in hospital and we've realised outside of hospital that as well as the surgeons, we have needed the cleaners and the caterers. The suddenly insignificant have become the most vital because surgery couldn't happen in any of our hospitals, certainly during a pandemic like we've had, were it not for a cleaning industry that has been making sure that everything is safe for doctors and nurses to do their work. The insignificant people in lockdown have suddenly become the most vital. So go back to Matthew 10. 
at the end of this teaching that Jesus is giving. Maybe we would find that there are certain times of our lives, maybe all times of our lives, that hospitality, networking, connections in the most simplest form are as significant, if not more significant and more vital than the prophesying, than the healing, than the teaching and all that other spectacular stuff. Romans chapter 12, hospitality is not just the last one. It is in there as equal to all the other things. Have we not found that in Fitzroy? Have we not discovered over these weeks that the text, simple text, that a phone call, simple phone call, that a letter, who would have thought when Janice and I sent a letter from the manse, how incredibly well that would be received. Oh, it's not about teaching online. It's not about having the moderator come to visit. It's not about spectacular things that we're doing. Fitzroy have stayed together as a congregation. I would suggest Fitzroy is more united as a congregation now because the seemingly insignificant things became the most vital things and every last one of us was involved in that ministry. So what vehicle do we take as we drive down this road into the summer and the early autumn and the possibility of gathering? Well, I would suggest we go to Romans 12 and we see the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I would suggest we go to Galatians 5 and we see the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We see that love and joy and peace and forbearance and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, that we seek the gifts that God has given to us as a congregation, the gifts that God's Spirit gives to us as individuals, that we get the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit working within us, that we use that as the vehicle that we traverse this next part of the road in. Bonfire and a hurricane, we called it on Pentecost, where we said that the bonfire and the hurricane was poured out not on bishops or moderators or ministers or elders, but on all of us. As we journey through these next months, it seems to me that Matthew chapter 10 might be saying to us that connection, networking, reaching out in the most simplest of ways might be the significant way that God wants us to be missional in these next weeks and months of the COVID-19 pandemic. There are Anne Littles out there. I didn't know she was there on that street. She was the last one I thought might respond on that street. But she was just waiting, not for anything spectacular. She was waiting for me to come into her home. And she was waiting for me to open up the Bible, sit down beside her over a club orange biscuit and ask her how she was. There are Anne Littles next door to us. There are Anne Littles in the Ikea queue. There are Anne Littles in the Tesco's and Sainsbury's and Little and Spar and whatever other queue you're in. There are Anne Littles in parks. There are Anne Littles in your work. And they are waiting for the simplest of things, but the most powerful of thing, which is Jesus welcoming them, Jesus reaching out to them, 
the Spirit of God, a bonfire and a hurricane in that spectacular way, doing seemingly insignificant things like hospitality and relationship that actually becomes most vital of all. So let us all go down this road that we're uncertain of in the vehicle of God's Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit working alongside us in Fitzroy to keep us together, the fruit of the Spirit and that reaching out in grace and imagination because this is a missional time as well as a pastoral time and God calls us at the crossroads to find the right road and go down it in the right vehicle to make an impression for the kingdom of God. Oh, kneel me down again Here at your feet Show me how much you love humility Oh, Spirit, be the star that leads me to humble heart of love I see in you you are the God of the broken the friend of the weak you wash the feet of the weary embrace the ones in Want to be like you, Jesus, to have this heart in me. You are the God of the humble. You are the humble King. Oh, nail me down again, here at your feet. How much you love humility Oh Spirit be the star That leads me to The humble heart of love I see in You are the God of the broken, the friend of the weak. You wash the feet of the weary, embrace the ones in need. I want to be like you, Jesus, to have this heart in are the God of the humble. You are the humble King.
As we come to our prayers today, I'm going to do two things. We are going to look back and give thanks to God for the way he has been with us over these last few months. And then we will seek prayer as to how we uh, drive through in the vehicle of the Holy Spirit, the uh, journey that is ahead of us. So let us pray together. Our God, we do want to come, first of all, and give you thanks. If we go back to last March and the last time we gathered as a congregation in Fitzroy, we had no idea that we would still be online at the end of June going into July. We fumbled in the first few weeks of online services. We didn't think they were going to last and we certainly weren't sure how to do them. We weren't sure how we would do pastoral care or hold a congregation together when we would be locked down and alone. And yet we look back and we see your loving, faithful hand upon us, ahead of us, leading us. We thought in church and asked for grace and imagination. And we give you thanks, our God, that you gave us grace and imagination. Grace to be vital connections with one another as we find ourselves literally isolated for all those texts and phone calls and letters and messages and a sense of perhaps being more together as a congregation than we even were when we gathered together. Your grace was evident towards us and your grace was evident between us. We thank you. And your imagination for how we've been able to do these services, for the production team that works every week to make sure they go online to edit, to gather the information. We thank you for them and the gifts that they have. For those who were able to uh, lead us in worship week after week, singing into iPhones or tablets or laptops, we thank you for the vast array of talent that we have across Fitzroy and how you gave them imagination in the songs they chose and the way they sang them and presented them. We thank you for our children's work, for our youth work that has continued in the midst of all these obstacles, for the grace and imagination you've given to those who work with our children and Paul and his team working with our youth. Lord, we did not see this road ahead, but you've led us to hear. And we pray, Lord, that the grace that has led us to hear would be the grace that leads us from here. We do stand at a crossroads. Lord, the world is opening up. We're finding that in a week's time there will be restaurants and bars and people can go on holidays again. And Lord, that's going to need within our society an incredible amount of discipline, social intelligence, patience, and as Jesus put it so wonderfully, love of neighbour. We pray for that in our society. We pray that at the depth of our society, even for those who will not gather in church or around an online service this morning, we pray that there would be grace and imagination. We think of ourselves as we work out how to do church over these next months. As we think about how we can gather again and all the complications and all the work that needs to go into making sure that our church is safe to do so, we pray you would be with those particularly on the front line in Fitzroy working through our health and safety. And in the meantime, we pray that you would give us the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit and that you will help us with grace and imagination to take one week at a time 
and to work our way through these strange and difficult times. But times that have given us opportunity to reach out, to reach out as a family literally across the world, even in our online service, and to reach out to neighbours and strangers on the street or in shops or in parks or wherever we have connected. Lord, as we close our prayers this morning, we think of the Donahoe family in North Belfast as they've lost their son. We pray in that tragedy that your spirit would come to be a comfort to them, helping them through the trauma of that news, the grief that is ahead of them and all that lies in front of them. We thank you for a neighbourhood that gathered around, that cared, that searched, that supported. And we pray that that neighbourhood might continue to be a support for that family in the days to come. And so, Lord, at the end of another service, we pray as we often do, that you would give us faith to believe the truth, but the right at times to ask why. That you would give us joy in life in all its fullness and the right at times to cry. God, we pray that you would give us the strength to carry one another and the right at times to be the ones who wilt. God, give us your grace towards your holiness and the right at times to confess our guilt. Father God, show us a bigger picture of what you can do in our lives. Lord Jesus, put grace notes into our song. Holy Spirit, put us on a road that is straighter and more certain and more eternal than the one we've been on. Amen. can separate even if I ran away your love never fails No, I still make mistakes you have your mercies for me every day your love never fails you stay the same through the Your love never changes There may be pain in 
Because I know that you love me Your love never fails In all things You work together for my good In all things work together for my good. In all things you work together for my good. In all things you work together for my good.